Propane taxi. Stop lugging that tank. We deliver propane straight to you. Exchange your empties when you're through. That's propane taxi. PropaneTaxi.com. What's cooking this weekend? If grilling is your plan, then make it easy on yourself. Go to PropaneTaxi.com. Enter promo code BBQ10 for $10 first barbecue tank exchange delivered to your door. It's that easy with Propane Taxi, so you can focus on family, friends, and fun. Reunion and conflict. One episode in the foundation has been laid and got some potential infighting. We're going to talk about it on Only Got One Season Left, Game of Thrones Reaction Podcast. I'm Jim Costa. John Horford with me as always. I've got beef with the North. There's a quote in this episode that I think transcends the show, and we've got a potential ending that we haven't discussed yet. But, but John, one episode in, what did you make of it? Uh, the pace pace of the episode i mean it, it kind of broke my heart a little bit yeah like, there's I only know, six episodes i know i was just like oh i was like we only have five more and you guys are you guys are going to waste time doing this but i don't think that they would waste time i think there's going to be a method to this there's a reason for this and we just have to sit back and trust that they're going to do right by all of us the faithful well, people have pointed out, hey, every season starts slow. Yes. And my response is, yeah, because they got nine episodes. They got ten episodes. There's only five left. And I think a lot of the first episode was explaining to the characters what we already know as an audience. A lot of these revelations, a lot of these reunions, like Arya hasn't seen John since the first season. And a lot of that coming home, coming together, most of the characters are in Winterfell. Tyrion hasn't seen Sansa since Joffrey died. That's season four. So a lot of these reunions, we already know all the details. The characters don't. So they kind of had to reset where everybody's at. And it makes for, I think, a a slow episode. But probably, as I said, the foundation has now been laid. There's some fractured relationships that either will be repaired or they're going to drive them apart. Yeah. I, I really, really see, like, when they started, when they come in, like you see like the parallels to the first time like a royal family ever came to to Winterfell. And I, I don't know I don't necessarily know that that was the right way to go about it. I mean, that's obviously the the path that they chose. Yeah. But I, I would have loved for them to just like jump right into it. But like you said, if they don't explain all the things that we know, it just then it doesn't make any sense and everyone's pissed off because it's like, oh, how they didn't know that. Like he didn't tell her and she wasn't Fill here in for all that. the plot holes. So you have to. But at, at the same time, I mean, <laughs> everyone, everyone's like, man, we want more action. Like we want more adventure. We want more. Well, you waited years. I waited months. But I think the frustration is still there from fans. They want to see. And it sounds like look ahead a little bit. There's going to be a lot of conflict now in five episodes. They did the flashback or the flash forward at the end of the episode. We're going to see some good stuff in this season. They're just going to have to cram it now into five episodes. We are, and in somehow in five episodes, they're going to have to turn the perception of the Night King from this like evil villain in the North. I think he might end up being a hero. Do you want to explain that now, or do you want to make people wait on that? Uh, we, we can make them wait. Okay. I want to start with my favorite slash most infuriating conflict, and that is the North versus John right now. John comes in, you're right, rides in. Visions of season one, royalty rides in, and everybody looks down on him for bringing this dragon queen because he bent the knee. And if you're the North, he just brought two dragons and an army and dragon glass. I think the North's ungrateful for John. I mean, John is showing up to save them. He forfeited his title 
so that they could live. And he kind of tells them that. I, I don't get why Sansa's so icy towards him. Even Arya takes Sansa's side. You have what the Glovers won't won't bring their bannermen. They can't afford to be divided right now, and I think it's incredibly stubborn. They're they're hard men. They're yeah. hard men in the North, but they also always talk about how they're untrustworthy. Like they don't trust outsiders very often. And yeah, they're they're being dumb. They're absolutely being stupid and they're not looking at the whole picture without Daenerys, without her dragons, without her unsullied, without uh the Dothraki. Like they have no shot. Like absolutely no shot. And John knew that. But John is the one above everyone else who's always just looking out for what's best for the world, what's best for the realm, yep. what's best for the people. Not it's not a power thing. It's not, oh, we're northerners and we want to be led by a northerner or, you know, I'm so and so, daughter of so and so. I deserve to be on the Iron Throne. It's throne. It's what's right, what's wrong, and that's why he is going to end up on the Iron Throne. Well, let's talk about the biggest thing to happen in the episode then, the revelation. He finds out what we all know, and Sam's the one to tell him in the crypt. Fascinating. The death of Jon Snow and the birth of Aegon Targaryen in the crypts in front of Lyanna's statue and um, uh, Lord Eddard Stark's statue. I, I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was kind of beautiful. I felt like it was a little rushed. Like, for some reason, I just wanted to be, I, I still got all in my, all in my feels. Like, I, I was feeling it all, but I... I wanted it to be more special than that. I think I, I don't know. Maybe my expectations are just too high. It's been two years. <laughs> we want the we want everything. You know, like. Ugh. Well, I think too. Do you remember Ned before he left John? He said, "We'll talk about your mother the next time I see you." And that was the next time. And there was yes, yeah, exactly. So I think that was kind of poetic. There was a lot of symmetry to season one in this episode, and that's kind of a challenge I'll give people is start thinking about other things in season one that we may see flashes of or a resemblance of as season eight winds down. With John finding out, I think you have a great line in there where he says it's treason. And Sam says it's the truth. And you can see the conflict in John because he didn't want to be king of the north. He doesn't want to be the king of all the seven kingdoms, but it's his claim. And he knows in his head now, what do I tell Danny? How do I tell Danny? Danny's my aunt. I'm sleeping with my aunt. Like all of that's going through his head in one moment. I'm in love with my aunt, right? Because he goes on the, you said, you called it a magic carpet ride. Essentially. That's what it seemed like. That <laughs> did no one, I, I have to believe that other people got like Aladdin <laughs> yeah. vibes. So I, was just like, I already saw the internet's undefeated. Someone did a mashup where they put that soundtrack oh, underneath them lying. Dude, yes. that's literally, literally what came to my mind as soon as I saw that. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I see why they took that little magic carpet ride. I, you see that there's another, they, they leave it open for another possibility. When she says, oh, you know, we could we could stay here for a thousand years. I saw, I saw it as a potential reality where neither one of them maybe ends up on the Iron Throne and they they let someone else rule or there's like a there's like a group of people that rules. They just change things like are you going to break the wheel or are you going to become like the top of the wheel? Because kind of the path that Daenerys is heading down now, it wouldn't necessarily be breaking the wheel. She would just be 
the new family, the new head on top of it. Like to break the wheel, you have to almost get rid of the monarchy. Do you think she's not as power hungry as we think then? Like that line was not a very Daenerys Targaryen, the unburnt. Like that's not something she would normally say. But she did say it like alone, like yeah, a romantic setting, yeah. like with her new lover, yep. you know, honeymoon phase. Yep. Well, that's the thing. They're on a honeymoon phase and death is marching south. That's in the background of this episode. It's moving so slow in our, in our minds because we know the Night King's looming. And are they getting ready for it? Yeah. And they all know the Night King's looming and they still sent a... Uh, the little umber up there. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and just hurry back as quick as you can. It's just like, mm, it's like. What do you make of that symbol? You said you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it. there has to be significance to it. In the first episode, we see it. Um, in a few of the seasons, we see it. Uh, I remember in season seven, when John goes into the cave, it's on the wall. Um, when they go north, they, they see it with the horses. That's, I didn't realize that. that. You're right. That symbol has to mean something well, it's significant. It's like a spiral. Yeah. Some people said, like, I was seeing some people saying it looks like the, like, it's it's like a Targaryen symbol or something like that. I have no idea. I don't know, yeah. to be honest. I don't know. I just know that it has some type of significance. And I think that, I, I think it ties in with the idea that the Night King was once we already know he was once a person yeah but who was he what's his story who is he like he's tied in somehow to these people through thousands of years but that connection definitely has to be revealed like, yeah so so you drop that on us you think there's a chance for redemption for him definitely definitely i think we just don't know enough about him but as you, go ahead yeah we we don't know that much about him I mean, we can assume we we assume that he was a Northman. We assume that he was someone significant for them to choose to, um, you know, plunge the dragon glass into him, which transformed him into the Night King. But why? Like, why is he doing what he's doing? What's his reason? Why did he wait so long? Like the kingdoms have been warring forever and this they've been dormant for thousands and thousands of years. And now this is the time where they rise up. Why is that? And I, I was seeing some people say that it's because of like the rise of like the the priestesses. I, f- I forgot the name of their religion. It's like, uh, do you remember the religion's name? No. Like the the red priestesses who worship. Oh yeah, the the Lord of Light. Yeah, the Lord of Light, but it's it's called something else. But um, yeah. So maybe those are the two. I mean, those are the two that go at each other. But who's really the evil one? Like, mm. is the Lord of Light evil? I mean, they sacrifice people. They steal their spirits. They steal their, their life force. They can do some really, like, strange, dark, evil things, like the dark spirit that was created to kill Renly. Yep. Like, are they the evil ones? Or is the Night King the evil one? Who's really the bad guy type thing? Like, I, I think it could end up being something like that. And then we had, we talked before this about, like, the theory of, um, you know, broken men and needing to be healed and all that. And um, the, I mean, the most obvious example, not not most obvious, but one of the best examples from the show itself is um, Sandor Clegane, the hound, you know, getting mm-hmm. defeated, almost dying, um, getting rid of his, you know, his hound helmet and being reborn in a sense as Sandor Clegane, like once again. So 
I've been seeing and reading and talking with a lot of people who think that the only way to defeat the Night King is going to be to heal him. He's a broken man. He's doing this for a reason. It could be revenge. It could be because of, you know, something that happened to him in the past. Or it could be because he sees that, you know, humanity is is really what's evil, is really what's destroying, is really, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, his backstory, I, I said it last week in our preview episode, his backstory is the most, un, it's the biggest unanswered question and the most interesting plot point that we don't know yet is is what's his motivation, who is he, and, and how do they, how does that play into the conflict that's coming? Because they're on the move. And here's the thing that kind of hit me in the episode. Right away, they're kind of doing their their chummy reunion, and Bran is sitting there, creepy, stoic Bran, and he points out, the wall's down, they have a dragon, and they're marching. And nobody acknowledges what Bran just dropped on them. And that's the other thing that was really frustrating in the episode. Bran is so detached, and it's like, dude, just be useful. You can see the past, this whole all-knowing thing, you can see the future, Help him a little more than that. Give him the information. Help him solve the puzzle. And and then why are the people there not using him as a better resource either? Once he says they have a dragon, J- does John know that? No. Does does Danny know that? No. They think the dragon's dead. They watched it crash into the water, into the ice. Nobody there knows they lost a dragon, and the dragon is on the other side. They just let that line pass. People, I feel like they don't take Bran seriously. I think Bran and his weird haircut just creep people out too much and they just don't want to approach him like he he has all the knowledge but he's so unapproachable that that's going to be the the end of all the kingdoms it's just <laughs> it's just no one wanting to like cooperate with brand brand's the kid at like you're uh back when you were in school would sit by himself and eat lunch it's like if you go over and talk to that kid you find out he's all right but but everybody says mm. That weird kid that eats alone. That's who Bran yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you talk to him, like, he could end up saving your life and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe, you know, a million plus lives. Something that I don't think is getting enough attention is this Tyrion line about the Lannister army's coming. He uses it to try to help John when everybody is doubting their, um, because he says, if we're going to live, it's going to be because of Jon Snow. And we're going to need all hands on deck, including the Lannister army, which is coming. And I think Tyrion says that, hoping that the people will see, oh, everybody's rallying, including your enemies. I don't think it was received that way. And I don't even know if it's true. Did he make that up? Or did Cersei tell him that? And should he have believed her? I think he kind of said that. So people thought of the Lannisters a little bit differently, him being a Lannister. Yeah. But uh, like Sansa said, she was just like, you can't be like this big of an idiot. Like, come on, dude. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you really think she's going to come help? Like, not in a million years. Not in a million years. But, I mean, things could change. We could all be wrong. And who we, knows what direction they'll actually go. We haven't mentioned Cersei at all, really, yet. One of the iciest moments, she finds out the wall has been broken. And her response is, good. Good. Yep. <laughs> No heart. But that that plays into her plan. She thinks she knows they can't cross water. So, I mean, I'm sure she's going to plan something accordingly. Like, okay, this is how we'll attack them if they, you know, come to us. This is how we'll defend type thing. She really believes that she'll be able to stop the army of the dead with, you know, the troops that she has and with the Golden Company, who 
according to the books, which I haven't read, this is all coming from, you know, friends that I talk to and, you know, reading online. They say the Golden Company only, I guess they only um, broke oath once and it was to in support of a Targaryen. So that could, you know, I mean, with John finding out who's Targaryen now, mm -hmm. that could, you know, lead to that type of situation. Yeah, now we see a, a, a face to the, the Golden Company. They arrive on the shores in King's Landing. Without elephants. Without elephants, much to Cersei's dismay. I didn't know she had a thing for elephants. Oh, my gosh. She was like, oh, like, oh you don't have the elephants? Like, just go. Just go right. back. Like. You know what? As if they're supposed to put elephants on these ships and sail across the ocean. Dude, and take them to the, like, what are you going to do? Take them north? Yeah. To where it's like two degrees? Like, the elephants are going to all die. And it wasn't like a one-time mention about the elephants. I think it was two or three different times you could tell it really bothered her. Absolutely infatuated <laughs> with the elephants. Just an obsession. Uh, she did drop the line of the episode. I think the line that's going to end up on uh, Instagram captions all summer. It's going to end up on uh, dating profiles. Her line about, if you want a whore, go buy one. If you want a queen earn one like that's going to be on everybody's yeah. instagram caption like that was the episode the, the line of the episode that i think transcended the show she said that and, and then that, like two minutes later like turns oh, around yeah. doesn't say anything but it's like all right it's been a while i need some action like come on <laughs> like well, i don't know if you saw the subtlety to that because at the end euron says i'm gonna put a prince in you yeah but she if you believe it is pregnant Exactly, but now it's a perfect excuse, yes. so now she can just be like, oh, yeah, this is your aunt's kid. It's not my brother's kid. Yeah. Like, oh, you thought that was serious? Like, no. So I think it wasn't that uh, she hadn't had any in a while. I think it was deeper than that. I think she wanted to set that, again, lay the foundation. That's what this episode was all about. Yeah, but the other thing is that the prophecy said that she would only have three kids, so something has to give. Something's not right there. Something's not right. Going back to the Tyrion comment. Is he going to be made a fool? No, I don't think so. I think Tyrion is learning to play the game within the game within the game. I don't think he'll be made a fool. He looked like a fool all of season seven. Like Daenerys even accused him of being like a, a double agent. Yep. Like, you know, like, oh, maybe you maybe you are working for your family. Maybe you still do love your family. Like he looked like an idiot all of season seven. He can't look like an idiot all of season eight. But, I mean, his, yeah, I don't know. I just the, don't know what his play is, because if the Lannister army is coming, great. But you and I really doubt that. Sansa doubts that. And if they don't come, are people in the North going to look at him as a liar, as someone who got played by his sister? I love Tyrion. He's one of my favorite characters. I really feel like his power, his influence has gone down. Oh, for sure. And, and I don't know if it even exists anymore. Who is he advising? He's the hand to Daenerys, but she's kind of working with Jon. Does does she need Tyrion? Right? You have that moment in the episode where the old guys, right, are all talking mm -hmm. about how they should get married and rule, but there's kind of the sense that they're on the outside now, that they can't reach those two, that those two are kind of in their own world. And they are in their own world, and they're just going to have to, you know, um, play their roles accordingly, yeah. you know, as the old guys. But they definitely have a part to play. Um, it's not just like they're completely like written off and they won't be of any significance. I, I really believe that they will be. How do you feel about Braun? Did we talk about him last week? 
You love Braun, right? Yeah, I love him. And I thought he was going to die this episode. I honestly thought when Guybrun came in, he's like, oh, he's like, there's two chests of gold outside for you waiting. Like, I thought Braun was like going to like hop up and be like, oh, finally. But Braun is he was too smart and he was very cautious about it. And and he knows that Cersei's absolutely insane and that if Cersei wants, well, she always hated Tyrion, whatever, but her lover, husband-ish, father of her children, former father, like, you know what I mean? Like, to just heartlessly kill him mm-hmm. as well, like, oh, she's going to come kill me too. Like, I'm so, never going to get this gold or... So what does he do? Because I think the, he's... I, I think he goes and joins. Um, He goes up there and then he just joins. Yeah. yeah, he joins Jamie and Tyrion and he ends up fighting, Um, you know, fighting for the living. Because it's interesting, he is a character who is pretty detached, right? But the only two people he actually has a strong connection with are Tyrion Lannister, who he saved, and Jamie Lannister, who he trained right and after he, he and lost he his hand. He highly respects Podrick, and he does for his ability to <laughs> his his ability in the bedroom gets yes. gets praise. Yes, I don't think he's going to turn his back on those two. I, I don't think he does either. And you can't trust Cersei. Cersei, no. Cersei will kill anyone if she'll kill Jamie. Like no one is safe. No, no one is safe, and, and he you, should read that. Yeah, and and I think he will read that. I mean, yeah. Get out of King's Landing, Bron. That's what we're telling you. Get on a horse right now and, and get out and of King's Landing. The beautiful thing is they're gonna let him yep. because they think he's gonna go north because she's like, oh, he's a you know he's a sell sword. If you give him money, he'll do anything. And like he said, like he has enough money, like he has enough gold, whatever. He just he wants uh he wanted to be um he wanted to hold like lands and like marry like a like a yeah, noble beautiful or something. One, yeah. or, what was your favorite reunion in the episode? Because there were so many of them. Uh, I I like the I mean I like the Sam and John one. Yeah. And the Arya and John one is good too. I loved the Arya John one. Um, yeah, her being like so subtle, like it's like oh you know have you ever had to use it? And she's like oh, once or twice, like a day for the last <laughs> two years. Like I've killed more people than you, John. Yep. Like, <laughs> And now she wants a weapon, right? That was one thing yes. we wanted to hit on too. There's so much from this episode. So the, I feel like the weapon it has to be like of significance, like it has to be like super important. Like I, I don't necessarily, I couldn't tell what the weapon was, no. and you know, it's going to take someone who's, you know, a, a lot smarter than than I am to to go in and to break down and figure out like what that weapon is, what it could potentially be used for, and when they're going to use it. But the Battle of Winterfell is what episode three. Did they release that? Is that out? Yeah, I think it's episode three. So that means, let's do a little preview for the next episode. So the next episode is supposed to be Tormund and company riding south, and they say they're coming. Yeah. right. The, the British are coming. Now it's the White Walkers are coming. He becomes Paul Revere in some ways. They come down there, and it looked like in the previews it becomes, we've got a day. We've got a day to get ready for the Battle of Winterfell. So is is episode two going to be another buildup before we get... Yeah. We didn't see death. When are we going to see somebody die? We didn't see death, and we didn't see um we Except didn't see for that ghosts. poor little boy. Rest in peace. But nobody important oh, yeah. so, died. So, so, sorry, Ned Umber. <laughs> Jesus. Like, oh, nobody. Nobody. It's like, not even Ned. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But so the Battle of Winterfell's coming. I, I cut you off. What was your thought there? I mean, this next episode is obviously going to be prepped for that. Yeah. Um. They're gonna get ready. I, I don't know that anyone dies. Um, it, who knows? I don't know what direction they're gonna go in. The first episode was in my. I mean, I like we talked about. It had to happen, but it was it was so slow. 
you want everything in the world to happen in the next episode. Um, we saw things we already knew, like or or thought we would know. Hey, John's gonna ride a dragon. He's a Targaryen. Like we know this, right? Sam's parents. Her, her, Sam's dad is dead. We know that. His brother's dead. We know. But Sam had to find that out. That was what a lot of this episode was, right? We know Arya's mature to do an assassin. John doesn't know that, right? So a lot of this was connecting dots that the audience already knew. And I think that's why the episode kind of came and went. It was over, and you didn't see, like I said, anybody die. You didn't see... Well. You didn't see a main hey, character you, you die. You need to show some respect for <laughs> for the Umbers. At least the Umbers were willing to fight with the North. It's the Glovers that just retreated. What, dude, what's their plan, dude? They just gotta they gotta execute them. Yeah, like, what are they, we doing? They need to take them out. They, they even the Car Starks have at least come around, right? But I don't know what the well because they're they're ruled by someone else, and uh, the Car Stark who had rebelled initially is dead. Yep. Um, yeah, dude, like. Why are people losing their mind? Like the dead are coming. Yeah, we like, need a united North right now. Like, we don't the, need, like Sansa needs to stop this like bitchiness towards Danny. Like we'll figure out the succession and who's ruling once we're alive. It's not even a question when we're dead. Yeah, there, there's that. That's another conflict, Sansa and Danny. What's gonna transpire there? Because she she drops the line on John. Did you bend the knee to save the people, or because you're in love with her? And John, you know, doesn't get a chance to respond to that. But I think the way that Danny grew on John, Danny will grow on the others in terms of they'll be extremely grateful. She's done that to everybody. She's she, won everybody over. She has. And she's so necessary when it's like, oh, man, we're really happy. Like the Unsullied and the Dothraki and these dragons are here to to help us survive this. Like they're going to be grateful. But for now, they're super skeptical. Like John, when he first met Danny, he was an absolute dick. I mean, she was kind of a bitch, but <laughs> still. Bran versus Jamie, the the way the episode ends. I think it's it's a lot to do about nothing. I don't even think it's a big deal. Was he how long was he out there? Jamie Bran, he's Bran. like I'm I'm waiting for an old friend. It's like, dude. It's like get inside. It's freezing out. Like and he's just like chilling there, waiting. Like, why did why why do you have to sit there and wait? Like, because it's creepy. He needs to be creepy, John. That's why he does it, dude. Like, you could have like been by a fire with some, I don't know, their equivalent of hot chocolate, just chilling and waiting and more comfortable. But instead, he's just like brooding. And I, I know he has to, he talks to Sam for a second, and then. Jamie comes in, they make eye contact, he stares him down for a while. I mean, there has to be some significance to the episode ending that way. Well, I think people view it as like a yet another flashback to season one. Season one, first episode ends with Jamie pushing Bran out the window. Their reunion is the end of this episode. People drawing kind of that symmetry. But Bran knows everything. Bran knows that Jamie is not the same person who pushed him out the window. So yeah. I don't think Bran is Bran is so emotionally detached. Do you think he's really going to be mad at Jamie? No, not at all. No. He's not even attached to like life and death. Now anymore. Jamie may feel some remorse like I nearly killed this kid who is now a not quite a man as he tells John, but maybe Jamie feels bad, but I don't think there's going to be any bad blood. No, I don't think so either. And quick with this Jamie thing, quick little like side tangent. Like, um, there's a theory I was talking to one of my friends with uh, about one of my friends, or sorry about that. I was talking with one of my friends about this theory, and the theory is that Jamie regretting that he couldn't save the children of the Targaryens that he was supposed to protect back in the day ends up 
being the person who like saves or protects um John's child with Danny mm-hmm. going forward um to make up for not being able to save the children um you know when he was supposed to in that role so I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty interesting and someone actually even said that Jamie might end up on the Iron Throne somehow so I want to end with this we did not have this for our first episode our preview episode but I sent you odds for who will end up on the Iron Throne and I've, I've seen a couple different sites but ESPN used uh Patty Power in the UK, the United Kingdom, has all these these betting odds. The number one favorite to end up on the throne before episode one was Bran. Followed by John and Daenerys. Yeah. But the Bran thing threw you off. Yeah. I, it will never, ha- never happen. No, if he's the three-eyed raven, it doesn't make sense for him he to has- also be the ruler of Westeros. Yeah. His role appears to be much more wisdom and advisory he would be a terrible ruler. And I don't mean that like he's a terrible character. You could argue he's becoming a terrible character with how boring he is, but I don't think he's... He would not be a good ruler. No. No, I don't think so at all. Maybe they mean that Bran is secretly like in cahoots with the Night King. The Night and, King is 11 to 1 to and, be the... And the, they're going to like fuse with each other? Like, okay. Did you ever see the Dark Crystal? No. Oh my... You've never seen no. the Dark Crystal? No. At the end, how like the good and the bad... like. um they they combined. They were always one. So they were separated, and then they're one again. So maybe Bran becomes one with the Night King, and they were always one. They're both Starks. There's like some weird twist to that. Well, people, we got one response. And by the way, you can uh, you can email me Jim Costa at iHeartMedia.com or shoot me a tweet at Jim Costa underscore. I got one email this week that talked about Bran the Builder and Bran kind of being all of these brands and having this uh, permanent place and time, and maybe that does connect him to the Night King in some way, and we get that ending. So Bran's your favorite. John, Daenerys, Sansa, fourth on the list to end up on the Iron Throne. Gendry on the Iron Throne. It's the, the only true-born son of Robert Baratheon. Tyrion is on this list. Cannot see him on the throne. Samwell Tarly. Could you see him on the throne? Absolutely not. Arya? No. Arya has no interest in ruling. It never has. And then about the same odds, Night King... Cersei and Peter Baelish, who is he's dead, right? Yeah, he's dead. Okay, he's dead. Stannis, what? are you convinced Stannis is dead? You dropped that out of last week. Why didn't they bring Stannis, Stannis back? Ah. Oh, it drove me crazy. What, like, an, another quick point, yeah, um, about not wanting power because I say Arya doesn't want power. I was talking with one of my friends, Mike Morrison, yeah, and he was talking about how Game of Thrones to him, and he's read all the books, is all about how the people who want power have that like lust for power turned against them. And how the people who don't want power and just want, you know, what's best and what's good, you know, are the ones who keep getting risen up. Like, you know, obviously mm-hmm. Jon Snow, he he wants nothing to do with power. And the less he wants to do with it, the more the, it's, the thrust more it's like thrust on him. It's just so interesting. So I say that, you know, it's impossible for Arya because she doesn't want it. You never know. But I, I still do believe that Jon Snow ends up on the Iron Throne. Give me some death in the next episode. Give me some plot movement. Let's get this thing going. I, I Based on the first episode, I can. What? <laughs> it has to pick up from here. Uh, we'll be back next Monday. You got anything else for us? No. What? Hey, write in, ask questions, correct us, help us out here. Yep. Yep. Keep pushing this thing forward. We're all watching it together. We've only got one season left.
It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by true car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill. Plus, take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed and together we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org slash auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.